Hey, New Life Gillette Church, we are thrilled you decided to listen to our teaching on your favorite podcast app. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, would you let us know by visiting yes.newlifegillette.com. Here is this week's teaching. I am right now in Bethlehem in the Church of the Nativity, down in a cave where they believe Jesus was born. So I'll read the story of Jesus' birth from Luke chapter 2. It says, At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was obviously pregnant by this time. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the village inn. It is great to be together as we jump into the new year and as we jump into a new sermon teaching. I'm not going to say series because usually our series are, you know, four weeks or so. This is going to be a journey because we're going to be in this new journey that we're jumping into for about four months, all the way up through Easter, and we're calling it Jesus, period, because we're going to be looking at Jesus. We're going to be digging into some of the great stories of Jesus, things like when he was out on the water and he calmed the storm just by speaking to it, or the time where he, the guy that was on the mat next to the water for years and years, and Jesus just lifted him up from the mat we're going to talk about a bunch of the stories in that Holy Week, the last week that uh, we find ourselves in uh, right before Easter. And so we're going to be spending a lot of time looking at these stories of Jesus. And every week, Pastor Mike is going to be on location. He's in Israel right now. He's in Bethlehem right now. And he is visiting all these different places where these stories played out. And he's going to be sharing the story from Scripture with us every single week on location. Isn't that cool? So we're going to be spending time looking at Jesus and uh, looking at these great stories. And I don't know about you, but I love good stories. Anybody else love good stories? You know, whether it's you reading them to your kids or you reading a great book or something, you know, I'm a dad, I have four kids. And so I've read a lot of stories to my kids. And some of these stories are rather interesting. For instance, have you ever met this thing before? Anybody know who this is? This is little bunny foo-foo. Yeah? You know, little bunny foo-foo hopping through the forest, scooping up the field mice and bopping them on that. You know it. Down came the good fairy. It's a crazy, interesting story. So Google it. If I have you interested, you can Google it, you know. And, you know, there's so many stories out there. You know, some of my favorite places, though, to to share stories, and it's this place. It's around the table. You know, you ever just sit around the table? This was when our family was away at Thanksgiving, and we just sit around the table, and we share stories. We were doing it last night. We were just hanging out in our living room, and we were just sharing stories, you know, great stories. My kids love to hear some of my crazy stories, my antics. My wife doesn't always like me sharing some of my crazy stories. Like in wintertime, my kids love to hear my what I did with sled riding back in the day, because 
Uh, my wife does not want Daniel to hear some of my stories. He's home, so it's good. I can share this. Uh, you know, my, the one time I was in my little small town with Karen and I showed her the one hill that I used to sled right, and she looked at me and said, where were your parents? What were they thinking? Because this was a hill that it was like an alley and it came down and you had to bail out right at the last second or else you were going out on a main road with coal trucks that regularly drove by. And the one time I was either coming down, I, I got a little too close, and I bailed out the last second, separated my shoulder. It was not pretty. Karen says, do not tell Daniel these stories because he's going to try them. You know, but we have these stories that we love. We hand down from generation to generation and we love sharing stories. You know, my wife and I, we, we have some stories that for whatever reason, we tell them differently. For, for instance, the story of how we met and how we started chasing each other, uh, she tells it wrong. Because here's the deal. She, she likes to say that I was the one that, you know, pursued her. But I was at the school, the seminary. I was attending there for two years before she showed up as an employee. What does that tell you? Right? It's, it's sad that she's losing her mind a little bit sooner than what I am, that she can't remember how some of these stories play out. But my kids, they love to hear stories and how these things play out in our lives. And we love telling stories. Well, you know, in our generation, we love watching a lot of stories, don't we? You know, whether it's on Hulu or Netflix, we love to binge, we love to watch stories play out, and which is so good for us Christians that we have this new story that just came out uh, just a year ago. How many of you have dug into The Chosen a little bit? Some of you have watched it. I want to encourage you, if you haven't checked out The Chosen yet, if you have a little extra time, this might be one you want to check out, especially during the Jesus period sermon series because you're going to see some of the stories of Jesus play out in front of you. And they do a pretty good job of presenting the story in a fun way. You know, for us at the end of the year, as we're thinking of the story of Jesus, for most of us, we have this one specific image that's fresh in our minds that just is part of us, our Jesus story. And it's like this. This is in a lot of our homes. We have this imagery of this cute Jesus story, don't we? It's a cute story. It's a story about a baby and a manger and shepherds and, and angels, and it's just cute. But do you know before the cute story happened in the Bible that there was a pre-story? There was a story before the cute story, and it's one that is so powerfully important to us because it's not just cute. It you know what it has to do with? It has to do with this. A historical record and politics. History and politics. How many of you are as excited as I am right now? There's a few of you that are like thinking back to your high school days when you used to nod off when history came up. But we're going to be looking at that how important it is to see that the writer of the Gospel of Luke when he was doing his research, he was digging into the historical record because he was a historian. He was a scientist. He loved to look at the facts and, and making sure he got things correct. And he knew that digging into the historical record and getting it correct was so important for us 2,000 years later. It means, whether you believe it or not, it means so much to our faith journey. And you might say, why? Well, hold on to that question if you have that question. We're going to look at that in a few moments. But first, 
Let's see a little bit. Let's jump in to see what Luke has to share as he wants to let us know some of these historical facts that gets us ready for the cute story. He starts it off this way. In chapter two, starting in verse one, he says, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census, that's a historical event, we know what a census is, at least many of us do, should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So Luke just starts dropping names, these powerful names, Caesar Augustus and Quirinius, and he starts talking about these events. He starts, and for many of you, you're thinking that comes right out of a history book, Pastor Paul, I'm taking a nap. And I get it. For some of you, that's what you look at history. Karen, are you awake over there? No, she doesn't. She's not big on history is like I am. But Luke wanted to make sure that he was sharing a lot of this historical record. And he starts this. Look what he started with. At that time, he said. No, not yet. At that time. Well, at what time? And to understand what time period he was talking about, we have to go back into chapter one a little bit because it's in chapter one where we find a little bit extra of the historical story. Also in chapter one, if you've never read it before, there's some powerful stories in there. For instance, it's that's where Mary finds out the angel comes and says, hey, you're going to have a baby. And by the way, it's God. And also we find Zechariah and Elizabeth, this happy couple that they find out they can't have children, but all of a sudden they can. And their child is going to be John the Baptist. Amazing stories, people of taking huge leaps of faith. If you haven't read chapter one, check it out. But it's within there that Luke drops another name. Chapter one, verse five, he says, when Herod was king of Judea, that was at that time. So he's dropping Herod, he's dropping Quirinius, he's dropping uh, Caesar Augustus. He's sharing all these historical names and people and events because he wants us to know that this Jesus, this baby that's about ready to be born, was a historical event. You know, if you think about it, as, as Luke was writing this, the people that he was writing to was about maybe 50 to 100 years later after Jesus had walked the earth. And so as this story is coming out, the people are still saying, as they're seeing this history, they're saying, well, wait, we still know those names. Quirinius, yeah, Caesar Augustus, we've heard of him. So these were names that Luke was dropping that the people would have known and they would have understood, okay, this was a serious event. It would have been, for us, as we look at American history, I know I'm still in the history, stay with me just for a moment, it'll get better. Uh, but as we look at American history, if we had a historian writing it in the, say, the early 1800s, and this historian started dropping names like Washington and Jefferson and Adams and Betsy Ross and, and Paul Revere, well, the people would have understood. They would have known those names, right? And if they would have showed images like this, okay, that's an image of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. That we, we know about that. But let me ask you this. Are they fairy tales or are they actually events and people that lived and took place? And of course we know, yeah, they took place. We can actually still go and visit Independence Hall in Philadelphia, or we can go to visit Bunker Hill or Valley Forge. We can go to those places and see the documents that show these events, these people were actually there. They were part of history. Same thing with Luke. Luke writes 
drops names of people who historians have been handed down through generations, their people that were there. Pastor Mike is visiting the locations where Caesar Augustus and Herod, where they walked the earth, where Jesus historically lived. Luke writes in a way to help us in our faith journey to know that these events truly happened. And then we find Joseph and Mary. Well, they become part of this historic event that brings Jesus into the story. It goes like this. All, all of them returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census, that historical event. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth to Galilee, or Nazareth in Galilee. So Joseph takes this historical journey. We know it's a historical journey because it doesn't say that Joseph went to the town of Belugaville. Have you ever been to Belugaville before? Anyone? It's a great place. I think little bunny Fufu lives there. You see, it, it's, Google it. It doesn't exist. I made it up. And that's the point, that Joseph made a historical trip and he stayed in this place, Bethlehem. That's where Pastor Mike is right now. He can honestly say this place exists. Joseph went from Nazareth, a town, to another town that exists where people live. And yes, there's historical record that King David, as Luke writes about, lived, was an ancestor who lived there in Bethlehem at one time. So Joseph takes a historical trip. And the cool thing is, because as Pastor Mike told us a couple of weeks ago, Joseph was a godly man, a godly husband who loved Mary, the woman that he was about to marry. And because she was expecting getting ready to have this baby, he says this. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. He took her with because he knew she would have the baby while he was gone, and he didn't want that. He wanted to be able to bless this wife of his, and so he said, come with me. So Mary and Joseph do the historical trip because politics said there's a census you need to go, and oh, by the way, God, hundreds of years before in the Old Testament says, the baby's going to be born where? In Bethlehem. How did that happen? Because of politics and a historical event that God knew was going to happen. Isn't that amazing? And then finally we get to the cute part. For those of you who are wanting it, this is how it goes. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Ah. We got to the cute part finally, right? And we're excited about that because the cute part is an exciting part of the story. But we need to make sure we catch the pre part of the story that makes sure that we know that this is not just a cute story. This is not just a fairy tale. This is a historical story that there's evidence. This is a historical story with evidence that Jesus, the baby, the cute little baby that was born, he lived. Luke wants us to know this historical evidence. Okay, now let's go back to that first question we looked at a while ago. Why? 
Why is it so important for Luke to be able to share this historical evidence for us to know that Jesus lived? And the reason is because we want to make sure that it's not just by faith. Yes, we are saved by faith, are placing our faith in God, but we don't have to just have faith. Instead, we can believe because of who this baby is and because of what he eventually did and the historical evidence that is there that we can place our faith in. Make sense? We can believe in a historical Jesus. He did walk the earth. People saw him. Luke knew it. He caused the evidence to help us to know that Jesus lived. But who was this Jesus? Because of who the baby is. Well, we're going to look at what John says. Because you see, John shares a different picture of Jesus. He shares more evidence. It's not history. So for those of you who are, wake up. History class is over. The cool thing about John is he goes off on what Luke shares and he says, I got some more evidence for you. It's personal evidence. John says it this way in the letter, 1 John, he says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and we have seen. We saw him with our own eyes and we touched him with our own hands. John says, we hung out with Jesus. This baby historical dude that came to earth, we chilled with him. We hung out in the man cave with Jesus. We hit knuckles together. We did high fives together. We even did some chest bumps with the Lord. We laughed with him. We cried with him. He wants us to understand the eyewitness testimony that we hung out with Jesus. But who was he? Who was this one that we hung out with? John says, He was the one who existed from from when? From the beginning. Beginning of what? Well, John continues. He says, he is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father And then he was revealed to us. John begins to present this imagery of who this Jesus is. He existed from the beginning. He is eternal life. He was with the Father before he came as that cute little baby. Guess who he is? He is God. That's why it's so important for Luke and John to make sure that we know that there is evidence that Jesus walked among us. And John also knew that as we begin to get to know Jesus and as we begin to believe in him, it's not just going to be knowledge here, but it's going to affect us here. It's going to change our lives. And John knew this because it changed his life. He continues. He says, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that When there's a so that, you got to be ready to pay attention. We told you about all this eyewitness testimony so that you may have what? Fellowship with us. Hang on there, John. You were just a man and you man lived 2000 years ago. How are we going to have fellowship with John? Head scratcher? Not at all. 
Listen to what he says. He says, and our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you might fully share our joy. They have fellowship because of their belief in Jesus and their connection to the Father, who, by the way, they're both eternal. They last forever. John says, now I have fellowship with the Father. John is eternal. And if we begin to believe what John believes about Jesus, that he lived, he died, he rose again, and he lives eternally. If we begin to believe what John believed, then John says, we're going to share the same joy that John shared because we are going to become eternal as well. And if that's the case, guess who we get to fellowship someday? John and Peter and Andrew and Mary. And the list goes on of all of those from past generations who have believed in Jesus as their Savior and their Lord. Do you get it? Both Luke and John want to share their joy with you. And their joy is the personal relationship that they have with Jesus that has affected their lives and can affect our lives if we also walk with Jesus. So do you know the joy? Do you have that joy that John is talking about? If not, if you don't know, then let me tell you, Jesus loves you so much that he died for you. He took your place on the cross. Your sin separated you from God, but Jesus bridges the gap and he took your place on the cross so that you might have fellowship with John by finding the eternal life that comes with Jesus. If you want that relationship today, today's the day. If you're watching online, I want you to go to connect church307.com and it's there that you can fill out a card to let us know that you're ready today to make that connection and we are going to send you some news to some information to help you on that initial journey and if you're in the room I want you to take one of those cards in the back of the chair the ones that say I have decided and fill that out let us know bring it up here to me or stick it in one of the boxes because we want to begin to connect with you and let you know that you are on a journey, a fellowship, an eternal journey with each and every one of us here forever. And we want to connect with you. Now, for those of you who already have that joy, for those of you who know that same joy that John knows because of your walk with Jesus, well, what did John say that we need to be about then? He says that he was about proclaiming his story of his relationship with Jesus. Well, each and every one of you has a story. You have a story of your walk with Jesus, and you have the opportunity to share your story with those who don't yet know Jesus. Because here's the deal. I don't know if you know this or not, but let's say 200 years from now. I know that's a long time, but that's George Washington was 200 years ago. So 200 years from now, there's not going to be a lot of evidence that we ever existed. You get that? I know that's a little maybe morbid, but not for us because we know Jesus. But there's not here on earth unless maybe, are you guys, you going to have grandkids someday for me? Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe my grandkids might have a picture on their wall. I don't know. If you have grandkids, we'll see. Not yet, though. Not yet. But maybe they'll have some recollection that I existed. But for most of us, there's not going to be any evidence. But if we begin to proclaim like John did, if we begin to share our story about Jesus, if we begin to share that with others who don't yet know Jesus, and if they find the joy of a walk with Jesus, then 200 years from now, there's going to be a bunch of other people who know the same joy that we know because we were willing to share the life and the legacy that we shared. Because here's the deal. There's a friend of mine. I did his funeral here just not too long ago. He was the, he was the oldest member of our congregation, but Frank just passed away just a short time ago. And Frank was one who he shared his story. He knew Jesus so well. He had a joy that was so profound. And Frank was lo- loved to share his story with anyone. He loved his children, his grandchildren. They knew Jesus because Frank was willing to share. As a matter of fact, as a funeral, his one granddaughter shared this testimony. Let me share this with you. She says, when I think of the many blessings in my life, grandpa is near the top. The stories that he has shared and the memories he has given me and my children will always be one of my greatest gifts that grandpa taught me that they are so valuable for my life. For instance, he taught me to always pray before meals and travel, to never, ever forget the power of God, to pray hard and often, He taught me to be generous, to tithe at church, to donate to charity, to volunteer, and always be a witness for God's love. He taught me that my faith can and will get me through anything, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And most importantly, he taught me that the only way to heaven is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which Grandpa loved to tell anyone who would listen. Frank knew he had a story, just like each and every one of us here do. And he he was willing to not hold on to that story, but instead to share it with others. I have a challenge for you. What if, what would it look like in 2024? That's a whole year, pay, pay attention. 2024, what would it look like then if each and every one of us took it upon ourselves to share our story with at least one person in 2023? Do you realize how many new people we're going to get to know Jesus if we were willing to do that? What if we got a little crazy and said, we're going to do two people? (sighs) Starting to sweat? Because I got a challenge for you. What if it's five? Because I guarantee you, each and every one of us here know at least five people that don't yet know Jesus. What would it look like in 2024? And then 200 years beyond that, if we today or this year were willing to begin that journey of telling our story about Jesus to those people who don't yet know him. Can you imagine the joy that we're going to share? Who are you going to tell your story to? Jesus has a story for you. It's an eternal story. And as you receive it, proclaim it. God, we thank you for this opportunity that you challenge us with here this morning. An opportunity to receive the story of Jesus into our lives and to be reminded of your journey with us. God, as 
John proclaimed your story as Luke told your story, as Frank handed down a legacy of his story to his family and his friends. God, here we are. I pray a boldness would come over each and every one of us here, oh God, that as we know our story, our walk with you, that we might get bold and be willing to share a story of Jesus with anyone and everyone who you place in front of us. So that 200 years from now, when we're long gone in eternal life with you, that there are still people on this earth that are getting to know Jesus because of the legacy that we have handed down. God, may you get the glory for what you're about to do through the people of new life as we share your story. We pray these things in your name. Amen.